and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. This is our yearly annual roundup of the best comic books of 2020. You have entered a podcast where we cover and review first issues only each and every week with you. But this week, we're not reviewing, we're not talking about books, we're telling you exactly what happened in 2020 and all of the best moments in comic book world that happened. Who do we have in the club today? Greg Lichtai here uh, at your service. 2020 has been a real hoot and holler, and I'm glad that it's leaving. I appreciate the recap. That was part of this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, are we, are we recapping 2020 Yeah, as well? I guess yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How was Let's yours? start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I am Caitlin Lichtai. Um, I'll just second Greg's recap. <laughs> we went through most of it together, so. I'm Mike D., comic book reader for 20 years, and 2020 was a horrible anniversary for my 20th with comics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Budget King is here as well, and I don't think anybody says 2020 was a good year. Like, it's it's almost a rule that you have to start a review if it's a post or anything like that, you have to be like, in a year unlike any other. It was it was a bad year, but there was still shit that happened. And it just is like, cool, hot take. Yeah. It, yeah. I want to meet the person that says like, this, this year was fucking great for me. I'm, I'm Jeff really Bezos, looking I guess? forward <laughs> to people stop signing their emails. Um, stay safe. Oh, yeah. Wear a mask. This is a fun episode, though. There was a lot of comic books that came out. At one point in time, we thought comic books were going to end. As we, we knew, thought it. we would. We this did. show would be ending. We thought we were we were gonna pack our bags and go home. We thought we we thought we were done for. Mm-hmm. And then comic books kept on going. The real hero here is you, us, the, you the, the reader, reader <laughs> and, and and the comic books and us. Uh, but we we have a lot to get through. Um, if you don't know the format of this episode, we go through a bunch of different awards, and then at the end, we're gonna tell you the best first issue, the absolute comic. It's actually three. That you need to buy. You need to break the piggy bank and go buy and own that first issue and wa- wave it in the in the face of your boss and <laughs> and your sister and everybody that thinks that you don't do things that are important, but you do. You read comics, and that's why. That's one of the many reasons why you matter. Consumption of media. <laughs> <laughs> Marketers want you. That's why you matter. <laughs> exactly. All right. Without further ado, let's get this podcast started. Okay, and first up, we have the best event of 2020. Now, if you aren't familiar with comic books, they have events sometimes that span. This is important to get out there. Yeah, we need to explain what an event is. (laughs) That span over the uh, many different comic books. Yes. You know, it's not just one. Sometimes. Yes. Uh, Sometimes it is just one. And normally these events happen in the big two. They could happen in Valiant, Dynamite, or Crossover. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes. So now you know. Now, now you know the rules. That for was this events one. explained. Um, I'll go first. My favorite event this year, um, although we previously talked, we didn't think there was going to be any events. Um, but my favorite is the one that's actually happening right now, King and Black, because it just is uh, the culmination of Donny Cates's like 
basically tenure at Marvel. All the books that he's ever worked on are all coming to a head and meeting at this one focal point. And I think the spill from this is going to be just a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of uh, implications, a lot of new characters um, getting new powers. Um, and I just really enjoy Donnie Gates. I think he's just a great writer, and I know um, we may um, kiss his behind more than others, but right now he deserves it. He's got kissable cheeks. Bold pick, Greg. <laughs> Two issues out, so as of this recording, in the King in Black event, and it's it trumps all other events from 2020. It does, because it has been laying the groundwork for three years. The lead-up, I mean, I, 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 I agree with Greg's pick. I think Silver Surfer Black... Mm-hmm. You know, leading up into that, it is kind of like picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl again. <laughs> so, so you're saying it's a safe bet? I would say it's it's do not jinx us. Where is Wood? <laughs> but I like it. Ten of Swords is mine. I think no big surprise if you know me. Big Marvel head, bigger X Men fan, and I love what they've been doing there. All the creators are so fun. This event. Uh, at times took itself really seriously and had big feeling stakes and other times um, was silly and fun. It kept going week to week with at least one issue coming out every single week. So it was probably one of the easier to follow events that I've read in years. A lot of times they're so convoluted, right? Because we're crossing over multiple series and that makes these things really hard to follow. But um, the closeness made the continuity that much easier to follow. So I loved that. And they numbered the books correctly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they made it so easy. They Every publisher needs to learn from Ten of Swords how to number your fucking event books. Yes. They basically ha- gave you the reading order on the cover. It did. And Not how, that hard. Not it, that hard. And how to put a letter that is pronounced as a number in your title. <laughs> yeah, I can deal without that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm kind of, so I, I'm not a big consumer of events, which we've talked about before. So I I have a hard time saying like, this is my overall pick for the year when I have fallen off of so, so, so many. Um, but I think based on premises, like Outlaw seems pretty cool. Like just the fact that it's not about this, like, it's actually the reverse of why Greg picked his because it's not a whole lot of lead up. It doesn't have a whole lot of stakes, but it is just about a really cool premise that is then going to span a couple different books. And like, that might be interesting. That might be easier to stay up on. Um, I don't know. Time will tell. Caitlin, my runner up was uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic and Transformers. But my true, oh my, my true uh. one was Outlawed as well. Uh, I think I totally agree. I love the stakes. I think for me, uh, the best event to like fall in that category, it has to make the existing books better. And I felt like it made Champions better. We reviewed Power Pack and it was like an awesome book and made better because of the event. I think it's going to do some cool continuity and like divide teen books or younger characters into like a good category that also kind of oddly matures them. So I'm really excited about it. And I think it's 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 light. It's I mean it's it's early in it as well. So Mike might be mad that we're picking an event that's that's currently happening. You already know it's the best I <laughs> little baby understand. events. <laughs> uh, I think one of the crucial things to an event succeeding with fans in the long term is that something important happens in it and it has lasting repercussions. Yeah. I know that it's very disappointing 
I'll say even another event that was going to be a huge thing for Marvel this year and none of us named Empire mm-hmm. um, kind of did exactly that. It had uh, huge stakes. Everything got resolved. Nothing really changed in the Marvel universe after that. No. And it was, I, I don't think that one's going to stand the test of time. And Mm-mm. it it feels like you spent a lot of money on something that um, didn't evolve your characters or have a means to an end. So um, kind of a kind of a letdown. That's kind of how I decide anyway what my best event is. No DC events made it into our list. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But do All they come up later Marvel. in the list? Stay tuned. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, we have the best team up of 2020. Well, if if you're Saying the best team up, I mean, it. I'll be surprised if we all don't choose the same one here, because this is the ultimate team up that has ever happened. I'm speaking, of course, of the DC banger book, Three Jokers. The ultimate team up, my guys. All three Jokers in one room. We didn't even know they were three different guys. Also, Gaggy's back for half an issue. <laughs> the team is all back together. They're ready to to run amok in Gotham. Uh, it it was just an insane premise that I begrudgingly admit paid off and it worked out for Black Label. But there's not one single Joker. There's multiple Jokers and multiple Jokers are being made. I think it was just an off-the-wall premise that really paid off. And it, I think it's a, a wonderful team-up. It didn't even enter my mind as a team-up because they were all the Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Given they were their own unique Jokers, which was like such a fun concept to play with. But uh, yeah, surprised by that pick. That's great. That's a good pick. It's a deep cut. (laughs) I I had an unsurprising pick. I picked Hellions as my great team. My favorite uh, team-up. I think it, for me, it dumbed down what was happening in X-Men in a way that was like conversational and fun. Uh-huh. Uh, it was like a really nice entry point. It's an easier one to follow than the other stories for sure. It feels yeah. more standalone. So like, yeah, imagine like the current X-Men that, that Hickman's doing, that's Masterpiece Theater. Right. That is your upper brow. That is your really intellectual X-Men. Now, PBS Kids, <laughs> that's Hellions. That's where you get your Arthur, your Franklin. I was thinking, I was thinking Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> Better comparison. <laughs> well, Fix it in post. <laughs> and I think real credit to the writer of this, Zeb Wells, who at the same time made this something so standout and unique from the rest of the group, but mm-hmm. also made it something that fits with the family and pack really, really well. They can still bounce into and pull from that world and the ongoing storylines um, and somehow still feel accessible and standalone and unique. That's a great pick. Cool. My team up was maybe a little bit of a deep cut. It is Wolverine and a new character that was introduced this year, Solemn. They go on an adventure through hell together, each looking for a magical sword that can only be forged in the fires of the pits of hell and make some dirty deals and deeds in order to strike those swords and get out of hell alive and it was just it was one of the funnest standalone books of 
the entire Ten of Swords series. Mm-hmm. And nay, beyond that, one of the funnest standalone mid-series books of the entire year. It just sat in its own single issue, had a beginning, middle, and end, told a full story that was just like so much fun. I actually went with uh, Sword, but I wanted to give like an honorary mention to Scarant Hood because I know we didn't cover it on the main feed, but the team up of like a bunch of parents to do some Nancy Drew shit is like very <laughs> lovely and fun to me. Um, and I promise it's not just my pregnancy brain that I'm only remembering stories we've read recently better, but actually it might be. But um, Sword was actually pretty interesting to me in that I didn't really realize the stakes of what a combination of powers uh, in this mutant technology could do. And it was kind of like mind blowing um, that revelation of it's not just like a combination attack, but it's like a whole new thing that can be done now in the, in the universe. So I thought that was a pretty genius way. And it actually had me thinking like, how has this not been done before? Like, it seems like they could have gone in this direction before and maybe they have, and I'm just not aware, but it was pretty, pretty big. Well, this is a new thing that Hickman introduced uh, first with, with the, the five. five and now with the six and sword. Um, it, you're right. This is a new way to look at mutants and, uh, their special power-ups that they can do once they uh, do their Care Bear conjoining powers and, <laughs> you know, what they can achieve when they work together as a team. Care- or Captain Planet. Or Captain Planet. Um, fix it in post. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it, it, it is unique. Uh, why they haven't done this before, it, when you read it for the first time, you're like, oh my God, this is so brilliant. And it's, it's a, such a simple solution and execution to many problems that the X-Men face. Like, uh, Cool. Next up. We have fun, neest book of 2020. What a funny way to say it. <laughs> so zany. <laughs> so the funniest book, um, there weren't really many books this year that made me chuckle or chortle or however you want to say it. Uh, but a recent book did give me... Uh, High smirkability and um, uh, plenty of hee haws. <laughs> oh How many more you got in you? Yeah. Let's, get, let's <laughs> get them out. That's all I got. Which is uh, Taskmaster. Yeah. I thought the Taskmaster book was. I, I love it when villains look kind of stupid, <laughs> and they realize that they're like the only reason that they're villains is because they have more power or more strength. They're all all of them can be stupid imbeciles who just are, you know, incompetent. And I thought Task, the Taskmaster book did a wonderful job of exposing Taskmaster for what he was, which is just kind of an arrogant person who only works out, who only works for himself in achieving a goal, and is really just kind of uh, a dipshit. That's yes, yeah, so that's why I chose Taskmaster because I thought it was really funny and just a great book. Great. I may have said this in a funny way because I think that this was the funnest book, although it did make me laugh. I chose Getting It Together by Sinna Grace. I really, really had fun reading it. It is a funny book. It does not take itself seriously. And I think that um, it is well, well worth your uh, your time. It's funny in that it reads like a sitcom. It reads, yes, it reads like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. You know, like it's, there's going to be laughs. Yeah. If, if Friends was sexier. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Friends is a comedy, I think. 
It is. It is very much a comedy. Yeah. Zero deaths, I think. There was many deaths in that show. It explains all the laughter. I don't think there was zero, though. Yeah. So uh, check, check that book out. I'm going all the way back to February for my pick. Back in the day. And this is uh, another funny writer that we've already mentioned on our best of lists today. And that's Zeb Wells' Ant-Man. This book was fantastic. Ant-Man has long conversations with ants in this book that talk like how you would expect big, dumb, lovable dogs to talk. (laughs) And (laughs) they're just little sweethearts. And it was so funny. The situations were hilarious. Um, But it still felt like a fun superhero book. Uh, He's a great comedy writer. I completely forgot about that book because it was so long ago. uh, Pre-COVID stuff feels like another year because we had that hiatus in comics. I really had to like dig deep into my mind cave. My pick was Spy Island um, by Chelsea Kane. Great pick. I just remember the humor being like zany and like intricate to where you could just look at all the little details and finding more funny stuff. And that was right up my alley. And the ads were, like, really well done. The whole design of it was just awesome. So, great pick. Next up, we have the best guilty pleasure of 2020. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise for anyone that my guiltiest pleasure of 2020 uh, was DC Death Metal. Um, If you're a Patreon, you know that I have a a show with my friend Andy Vargas on there about DC Death Metal. it's just a easy book to digest and to wash your brain out with. There's different interpretations of these DC characters in a like dystopian Mad Max era world. Like it's just fun. And it's like watching soap operas in the morning or like eating chocolate cake for dinner. Like it's just a good time. Great pick. So guilty pleasure because do you feel embarrassed when you buy Death metal books every week. You have to. What I'm wondering. I feel like I am judged (laughs) when I pick up DC death metal. You know Uh what I mean? Like, because people see it and they go, "Oh, you're like into the weeds of DC stuff." (laughs) And so there's like, uh, you know, a predetermined idea of what kind of person picks up. Yeah. Like I stuck with DC death metal. Like, I got them all. That's the, the dedication yeah. to the guilty pleasure. You're saying, I have time for Elseworld. Yes. Yeah, I have time. Well, it's not Elseworld, actually, but uh, oh, I digress. Oh, God, here we go. I digress. I won't do it. Oh, I won't, God. I won't bring you into my world. Um, but it, that's my guilty pleasure. All right. For shame. Thank you. <laughs> my pick for guilty pleasure is Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Uh, mainly because... We don't really like video game spinoff books in this club. They're ne- they're very rarely good. Cullen Bunn wrote a great, so far, one of four mm-hmm. uh, for an overhyped video game. The bar was high, and I'm guilty of liking the series. I think it's, I think we should say the book itself was written really well. Fantastic. Oh, it's just, amazing. You just expect things that are spinoffs of video games to be horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very indulgent because cash grabs. Yeah, it's and it's very it's so beautiful. Like, and it is weird to like really love a comic book about a video game, 
because like, a video game that's not even out yet <laughs> right yeah that's wild well, you almost have to just take owner like you almost have to own that you just like it separately right mm-hmm. although when we release this podcast it will have been out yes so we it's you could think about time <laughs> not now. to pull the curtain back too far <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> All right, uh, my I I had so many guilty pleasure comics. I feel like this year that I had a hard time deciding. I wrote two down and thought I'd make a game time decision, and even now I'm having a hard time picking. <laughs> but I think I'm gonna go with Merca and Dolpha's Mercy. Oh, it was a horny period romance horror story. Mm-hmm. So. Plenty of weird genres <laughs> for a guy like me to go into my store and be like, I couldn't wait for this to come out. <laughs> Was you have the variant for Mercy number three. <laughs> Was it the the sexiness or the period that got you? Oh, that got me most? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you have a smoothie... Or do you mean is you it the or do you mean is it like the, the horniness most. or the period peaceness that made it made it the most guilty pleasure? Sure. I was thinking which one did he enjoy the most? Which okay. part did he look forward to the most? I think it was that it was a horny period. There you, oh! <laughs> that I really liked. 1920s were randy. Um, I would also put um, X-Ray Robot in there for me because I don't feel like it's something that would get me taken seriously if I were to go in and ask. It was so um, campy. But it's just, it's, yeah, if we're talking about pleasurable reads, for me, that's going to be one. Yeah. That was Mike Allred from of Madman fame, worked on that book. Yep, and I think his wife Laura. Mm-hmm. Laura, an that inseparable was a t- good team. team up. Yeah, man, that's a deep cut from the years, the year twenty twenty, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and next up, we have the best lead of twenty twenty. Now for this one, this is a character who is leading the story. Best lead of twenty twenty. Thank you for explaining that. I have to redo my answer. Now. The, the clarity is so <laughs> immense right now. Uh, my um, best pick of 2020 for best lead is someone that I didn't like in the beginning, but um, when I read their solo book, I ended up really, really enjoying and kind of respecting more um, Punchline. Mm. Basically, the the new villain on the scene in the Batman universe. Um, I honestly thought it was just going to be a Harley Quinn knockoff. And that this character was going to be kind of shallow and be killed in six issues and just be done with. But they've actually really invested into this character and enriched her backstory and made her kind of a really pivotal player um, for the DC world. Yeah, the only book she led was the one shot that they did about Punchline and that was a doozy of a book. That kind of did the same thing for me that it did for you with that character. It that book was a sleeper book because I didn't hear a lot of people like talking about it. It was but, great, but it was a really fun. It was a great way to keep that character alive. Yeah, for sure. Different depth. My pick is the book Wind, oh, um, yeah. and the lead character's name is Oh, it's Wind. <laughs> Spelled would you, funky. Would you look at that? <laughs> it's spelled a W Y N D. Uh, this character, I think this character is actually the best thing about this book. This book had awkward twist and turns, um, but 
James Tinney is trying to do a bunch of different things with this book. And I think building it around this character that's a secret kind of werewolf of sorts um, and then is also like uh, is also gay, but not I was about to say like closetly gay, but is not closetly gay, but is like outwardly gay. And uh, I love that. It's, it's, it's a fun kid and a fun story to uh, to follow, mostly because you just are rooting for this character. It was such a good book. The the interesting thing was it was a book about prejudice, but had but but there were so many things that we prejudice in our lives that were not even acknowledged or noticed in the realm of this book. Like only in fantasy land are we not prejudiced over um, sex, gender, race, etc. Um, and, and here in this world, it was, again, something else you couldn't control, something you were born as. Right. So great, great book in general, mm-hmm. but also good character development. My best lead came from a book from a creator I've loved for a really long time. And I think they wrote their best graphic novel that they've ever written. And that's Garth Ennis's Sarah. The mm-hmm. titular Sarah is um, an amazingly strong, complex character. And we get, uh, you know, doses of her and how she became the person she was and plenty of um, action and strength in her present day experience that tells her story of her life. And ooh, it left me shook at the end. It's a TKO book. Um, it's fantastic fantastic big recommend it's awesome we have our second overlap because i also uh did pick punchline um but since since you already kind of talked about why that was a good pick i'll go with my second runner-up which is um modok from this most recent one because (laughs) i just think it's wild what they're gonna do with him and how he's gonna be similar to what you were talking about earlier just this stumbling idiot but but like this all-knowing stumbling idiot and like that's going to be really fun to to read more about all right and next up we have the best creative team of 2020 the rules of this one it's the writer and the illustrator and you could even throw in the letter and the color Whatever team made the best book in your mind, that's the book. So you could be like, story was shit, hated the art, those letters, and the colors. Oh. All boats rise. (laughs) The letters just did it. Uh, This may be kind of a cheater answer, but the dynamic duo that brought us God Country, Thanos Wins, and Redneck is back once again for crossover. We're talking about Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. When these two get together, they make fucking dynamite, and it's no different with crossover that's happening right now, and we were introduced to them in Redneck and God Country, and those books were fucking incredible, and Thanos wins, you know, took Donny Cates' career into a whole new direction at Marvel, so uh, when they came back together for crossover, I knew we were going to have something special there as well. Oh, that that's a, that's a good, good hot pick. Uh, I am picking a book. I don't know if we covered it on our Patreon or not, but I'm picking That Texas Blood, um, which is a crime book 
that is done by um, Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. Um, so it looks like a Ed, Bra- Ed Brubaker book because it's uh, actually the brother of the Phillips. So I guess mm. they have the same art style. Mm-hmm. Um, the art style is amazing. The story is amazing. It's like No Country for Old Men without it trying to be a cinematic masterpiece, I guess. Uh, it's just an amazing book. And I thoroughly enjoyed the team, and I think it's going to go places, and I love it. My favorite creative team, far and away, who had the best 2020, is James Tinney in the fourth and Gillum March on their Batman run. Uh, this has been a piping hot book. Um, I feel like every week that it came out, I could feel anticipation boiling in me for where the storyline was going to go and and everything was going to happen. The pages are beautiful. Joker War was fantastic. All the things that happened with Punchline and the creation of that character, the character design, um, everything James Tinian put into that, um, they got to get major props for 2020. They had a hell of a year. Well, and they actually kind of maybe had a harder time doing it because the books that we just mentioned started out at number one james tinian had to start at like number 104 and he was on the heels of tom king who had just gotten off of his batman run right and he had to pretend it was a number one yeah and to like add on to that story and make it better like that is a hard thing to do it already in in terms of just like fandom from what i can observe just being in my comic shop and talking to comic book fans and people like James Tinian's Batman run has already eclipsed anything Tom King did wow. during his time there. Obviously, we have a more formal relationship with Catwoman and Batman, mm-hmm. and we've killed Alfred during Tom King's tenure. R.I.P. But I just don't feel like the anticipation and hype was there issue to issue um, with all the new characters and fun new things that James Tinian did with the book. Um, so I actually picked the creative team behind Friday. So Brubaker, Martin, and um, Vicente, I think. Um, and and I th- it's not necessarily because of, like, being prolific, although I think that, I, I mean, it's almost like lifetime achievement territory for me. Like, every time they duel up and even adding um, to it, it just is going to be... I know that it's going to be a quality book, and I know that it's going to be something that I'm going to like. And next up, we have the best trade of 2020. For this one, you could also pick an original pay- paper trade paperback, an OTP, if you would like. doesn't have to be a trade. And obviously, we're down with OTPs because we love all forms of comics. And one that we didn't cover that got, I would say, a considerable amount of buzz and became kind of a cult hit in the indie world is the trade paperback by Erica Henderson and Alex DeCampi, Dracula motherfucker. Um, It is such a unique and different story that is being told about Dracula. Um, Alex DeCampi does a wonderful job telling the story, but Erica Henderson's art in this is like a complete like separation from what she's done in anything else from Marvel. And it is just, I think, a way for her to explore a different kind of style and a different kind of pacing. And she really flourished 
in this book. So if you haven't read Dracula, motherfucker, go find it. It's very, very good. It's like 19 bucks for the whole thing. It's just a solid fucking read. Image released it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm picking an oddball here. I'm going to pick Robert Kirkman's Firepower. And mm-hmm. and the reason yeah. I'm I'm picking it is is probably obvious because he made an effort to shake up the comic book industry by releasing a trade to get everybody into the world and the ethos of a book before he released a number one, which that number one also, if you remember, was also released on free comic book day. Robert Kirkman was doing everything possible to try to save the comic book industry this year and need some kudos for it. And I love that book. It is very, very much a teen book, but in all the best ways possible. I picked three jokers as my best trade i thought the culmination of the three books together uh told a great story um one thing you can't argue no matter uh what you thought about the story i know it was a bit polarizing for some people um but it it was beautiful all around a gorgeous book to have in your collection and um brings up some challenging ideas. It makes you think about characters you've known your entire life differently. Um, it brought up the darkest part of three huge Gotham characters' psyches and addressed all this stuff in a book that was really fun to read and moved really fast. So, um, so much work went into something that was such a quick, easy read. Um, so I, I love that. That's, that's my favorite trade. Um, mine falls probably more in graphic novel territory and is one that we actually covered, um, this year, which would be Sweeney Boo's Eat and Love Yourself. I just thought the premise was super cool and just the relatable, um, nature of the story itself, especially in a year where a lot of people probably fell into more, um, creature comforts that bordered on problematic, <laughs> but learning to like have more acceptance around that, and I think was just a good theme to keep um, to keep me going. So I I picked that one. What a yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was serendipitous or just bad luck, but what a year for that book to come out. It's about loving yourself and finding new ways to, you know, find acceptance within yourself when a lot of people are trapped inside and like don't maybe get a lot of uh you know acceptance or praise from the outside world they have to find it within and i think it's a great thing that we all need to learn about is how to like love ourselves and you know be comfortable in our own skin and it does this through a magic candy bar that you eat and hallucinate your past experiences (laughs) i was thinking like again today like how dangerous that would be that we're all stuck inside if we had access to something like that like just like Forget about your, like, shameful, embarrassing memories popping up at 2 a.m. Like, this would be a whole other world of just being able to go back and, like, shame spiral. Yeah. I mean, I ate a magic candy bar once, but all I did was watch a lot of Family Guy and eat (laughs) cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. We are one away from our big uh, best first issue of the year. So next up, we have the best publisher of 2020 um this may seem odd and it may seem unconventional specifically for me because i kind of don't like this format but panel syndicate had kind of a kick-ass year 
they didn't put out a ton of books, but the books that they did put out were fucking quality. And the books that they usually put out are quality anyway. It's just this year, they had a few books that really, really stuck with me um, on that publisher. Specifically, Friday, a book I will not shut up about, uh, was on Panel Syndicate. And I think the way that they have it formatted uh, is is brilliant. It's a pay-as-you-go thing. You don't have to worry about not being able to afford the books. And they don't... um, you know, skip on the content or the quality. They know that they're doing things differently, so they have the freedom to tell stories in a different way. And I think that benefits them. The only knock for them that I would say is that they don't come out routinely because their books are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you sign, if you even just purchase or don't purchase, you pay $0 for a book, which you should not do unless you're a bastard. Uh, you're going to get an email about that book every time it does get released, so mm-hmm. you get direct notification. There's not one single comic book I get an email for when it gets released, so good on them. For... Oh, you were just popping in to tell me that this thing I love, I can read more <laughs> of? Oh, my God. Give me more. <laughs> um, I wanted to pick Vault this year uh, because I really am rooting for them. They didn't have quite enough uh, to push them into Best Publisher. So I am going to choose TKO as my mm. uh, favorite publisher this year. If you don't know, they're trying to disrupt the comic book industry by releasing comic books in their full form, in a trade form, or you can even purchase them in, in a floppy form. And everything I've read has been amazing. I went ahead and just ordered the next wave in its entirety blind because I just trust this publisher so much. Um, big fan of them. Oh, and I meant to say, and I'm going to say it here because it's not going to get mentioned anywhere else, is that Jeff Lemire's sentient book was the best Jeff Lemire book to come out uh, this year and that it's on a TKO book and it is beautiful. It's amazing. And uh, we covered it. So there you go. My best publisher this year, I think kind of just based on sheer volume of buzzworthy... um, comics and titles is Marvel. Um, Like I mentioned, I love DC for everything that happened with Batman and Punchline. I think the hype for that, when you compare it next to the hype just for Thor that happened this year, Thor maybe even outweighs some of that Batman buzz that we were getting. Um, And then additionally layer on how big of a hit Venom was week to week. We got a couple Venom events throughout the year. We got Ten of Swords, which was a massive event. Um, Empire, tons of new characters, plenty of plenty of things to run with. Um, the The funny thing is, is that not a lot of my favorite or best single issues were Marvel books, but altogether amassed they were they were the one gathering most of my money throughout the year i think um i i also uh picked tko for um the reason of what they're doing um just for the industry i didn't even know they were doing shorts until mike do you showed us these shorts and it's just brilliant it's introducing other formats that aren't aren't different like they're not they're not different than um the floppies other than like one's longer one's shorter but it's like it's this it's it's just a different way to do the business of it so that an industry can find ways to diversify and stay afloat in years like this 
Um, but um, I will I will also say like my runner up since you already talked about TKO two would be just boom. I mean I think because of a lot of the majority of the stories that I found myself enjoying over the year were from Boom. So um, that'll be my runner up. I, I have a tough time every year just not picking Boom. <laughs> I love it's just I love, fun. I love them. They're so well done. Um, all right. It was a big year for comics. It was it was fun. This this episode was surprisingly really difficult to do. There were so many good comic books, but we have reached that time. Next up is the best first issues of 2020 and coming in at number three so i'm gonna explain how we did this to the to everybody we blindly gave a list of your best issues to me i did some magical math back (laughs) back of the notepad math to figure out what our consensus is and it was actually uh infallible it is. Com- <laughs> I, would, I would love to see those ramblings of what your quote unquote math is. It is completely accurate. So we got as close to humanly possible as a first issue club consensus. So we didn't have 12 options just to pick from. Now that's math. <laughs> On the top three, we will not need a recount. I hate that joke. Don't make a recount joke anymore. <laughs> Budget King, you idiot. Recount jokes aren't funny. They're lame. That's a baby boomer joke. (laughs) All right. Coming in at number three is Crossover by Donnie Cates and Jeff Shaw. This had to make the list somewhere. Yeah. It's amazing to me that there's two other books better than it. (laughs) We're dedicating. We've never even done this before. We're dedicating a whole show, sub show in our main feed to this comic book coming out. It is reinventing comic books as we know it. The second issue I just read, and it blew my mind on all of the craziness. It's Donnie Gates is living up to his own hype for this book. It's an amazing book. Yeah, I think one of the reasons it was number three-ish level for me was that the the first issue was great, but a lot of it was, you know, hype for what's going to happen or what we expect to happen, right? We didn't get a lot of that in the first issue. Mm -hmm. I think as the series goes on, we're going to be like, oh, collectively, what a slammy whammy first (laughs) issue alone. We got a couple whoppers this year. Yeah. So um, it's a, yeah, it deserves number three. It may, I mean, if, if it got other people's number ones, I wouldn't argue with that. It's hard to but put I, it in the number one spot, though. Yeah, I would say how how many other number ones, like if you were going to just pick a best first issue and you went with that over everything else that came out, like you said, like for a first issue, like... It's definitely we, the freshest There have been so minds. many. Maybe they didn't continue right. in terms of like a run, but as a first issue, like a standalone, it had some competition. It'd be like saying Michael Jordan is the best player after only watching him play on the Tar Heels. It'd be like, I don't know. I mean, I know he's got something there. So we're saying crossover will be the best. <laughs> it will be the Michael Jordan. It'll win the champion six times. Yes. It will be the Michael Jordan of comics. You just, just don't piss it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming in at number two, the best first issue of 2020 is Department of Truth by James Tinian and Martin Simmons. 
yeah, that one got a lot of huge buzz the moment it came out. And I don't think people were expecting it to be as good as it was, to be completely honest. I've never read anything so timely in my life in comic book form. I know they take a while to make, right? But yeah. the week that dropped, I was like, holy shit, all of this is relevant to the news cycle. It's what the recount tried to do and failed miserably. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. The recount well, wasn't we, that I don't, bad. I don't even know that I could say that's what they were trying to do. The recount was a little messier for me in terms of what were they going for here, but... I, I would agree that intent, it probably didn't fit as well. Right. It's so hard to make a book that relies so heavily on social commentary and not have it be corny. Like, I've never read something so in your face about the point that it's making that also read like an actual fun story that keeps me interested totally uh, so so much of the time you're just like i see what you're doing here it's it's as yeah. if uh rage against the machine was writing cold play songs <laughs> totally <laughs> wow it's, it's the rage against the machine of cold play couldn't uh, put it better myself and one of the crazy ass things about this book is martin simmons who i don't know that well the illustrator is just like unleashed he has no rules <laughs> like the the art is everywhere the characters like aren't contained to themselves it looks like he's doing abstract art in every panel but it totally works yeah. and even if he's given rules he breaks them <laughs> yes he's a rebel he's yes he's a rabble rouser yeah <laughs> and next up for the absolute best first issue of 2020 we have None other than Friday from Panel Syndicate by Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martin. We talked about this book before a little bit. Most of us that texted our list had it actually at number one. Uh, we read this during the doldrums, the darkness of the, the worst part of the pandemic. And we were like, can we get a comic book? Oh, yeah, we can digitally straight to <laughs> our readers for whatever price we want to pay and it was a phenomenal insane book mm -hmm. so good yeah i mean i i think that you won't miss out on reading this book or you won't like go wrong by reading this book yeah it's it's definitely fun and it has the murder mystery of like encyclopedia brown or something like that but mixed with like real uh almost like true detective <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like so but you it, also have like that relationship and coming of age stuff that cine grace books bring to you like mixed and weaved in there so it's like like a coming together of multiple genres yeah. this book has everything for everyone <laughs> literally <laughs> no if you're in like if you're into furries <laughs> you're gonna love this book if yeah. you're into juggling lemons down on the boardwalk. You're going to love as, this book. As a lot of people as are. As ones do. You know? Yep. As ones do. If you're a TikTok star, you're going to love this book. <laughs> there you are. Like, yeah, you're going to love this book. This connects with people. This book does. If you collect sweatpants. Yeah. This, this is, yeah, this, this is, is your for book. you. You're going to love this book. Uh, is this like the opposite of you might be a redneck? <laughs> <laughs> Just things. Yeah. <laughs> Just things that people do and or identify with. Okay. This is the best award. This is the best comic book of, of the best first issue of the year. We'll throw it up on social. You'll you'll see it everywhere. We get we'll give a nice award. Ed Brubaker will thank us later for all of the sales that he has. Yada yada yada. We're gonna do a record scratch right now. That was 2020. We did it. That was all of 2020. That's all that mattered in 2020. 
I think we covered a lot of ground. We did. When when Caitlin, uh, kudos to Caitlin, she printed off all the books that we had covered in our episodes. And there was a lot of books there that we covered. I was surprised that even with the the pause in production, we still covered quite a bit of material. Um, so 2020 wasn't the best year by any stretch of the imagination, but we still got a lot of quality comic books out of this year. And I'm thankful that I got to cover them with you guys and that you listening at home stuck with us. I know it probably wasn't fun. Some of those episodes where we were just scrambling to figure out <laughs> yeah. what life was in general, but we really do appreciate you guys. And this is the time of the year where we tell you the most that, um, you know, you're cute and hit us up sometime. <laughs> we certainly appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Thank you for keeping comic books alive. And look out for cool stuff for 2021. There's going to be a lot, I think. I don't know. When all the blood is washed clean (laughs) and we started new. Yes, everything is just (laughs) fixed, magical, magic Fresh as little doves in the snow. Yep. You had any pain or heartache? It's going away. (laughs) January 2nd. (laughs) The new you is born. Bye.